reported last week on uh, emergency shelter overflow space during the winter months. Now, we just got into the fall season, but it's never too early to think about being prepared for winter. And in that story, we reported on the challenges that the Lighthouse Mission Ministries are having when it comes to getting extra overflow space. We're speaking now with President and CEO Hans Ershinger Davis. Hans, as always, so great to talk with you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So the issue with uh, emergency overflow space. Now, normally at your base camp facility in Bellingham, you have room uh, on a regular basis for about 200 people to stay overnight. That's correct? That's right. Yeah, 200 people. Sometimes it goes a little above that, but 200 is really truly the max. And that's when we, we have to start turning people away. You don't have the capacity. Okay. And normally during the colder uh, winter months, uh, there is usually an emergency overflow space available. Is that located uh, anywhere near your facility or is that through another organization? We've been doing it. Uh, it's a mission-hosted hosted location. It's at our old drop-in center at Holly Street. And we could get up to 40 additional people in there during the winter months. And it was I mean, you need that in the winter months because people that have been camping out during decent weather, uh, they start to get really cold in their tents and they start to come in because it becomes life or death for them. And so that's when we open up. So typically we do it for three months uh, in the wintertime. And we have partners that help us manage that because it's a, it's a stressor for us to pull staff off our other programs and put them in there to support that overflow. So we have volunteers to do it. And last few years, we've had a great volunteer group from Christ the King Church uh, help support that effort. Uh, But they gave us lots of notice saying they can't do it this year. Uh, They got other things in play for themselves. And so um, this is the, it's been crunch. We've been reaching out to a lot of different agencies, groups saying, hey, could you help support this? Because we don't have the the staffing margin to be able to do it ourselves. And uh, no one has stepped up to the plate yet. Okay. Although just recently, just in the last few days, I did hear about a group that's interested, um, but who knows if it'll come to pass. So it's feeling a little hopeful, but it's not, not 100% sure. Okay, that, that that's at least good news going into the horizon. Now, when it, emergency spaces open up around, uh, around Bellingham, around Ferndale, that can uh, safely accommodate a certain number of people. And as we reported uh, earlier this year, actually, uh, from a point in time count that was taken at the beginning, I believe it was in January or in February of this year, mm-hmm. the, the number of homeless individuals in Whatcom County is now over the 1,000 mark. So if, if you're at home doing the math, that's 200 people that you can safely, a little over 200 people, you can safely accommodate at base camp and a handful of others that you can accommodate at these other organizations. It's I, I imagine you're already feeling that that tight squeeze of availability for, for all these folks looking for shelter. Yes, we are absolutely feeling it. We've been feeling it pretty much all this last year. Uh, even in the summertime, we've been turning people away. And frankly, one of the growing needs that's really sad is families needing emergency shelter. We have a couple of rooms at base camp we can accommodate families. But we're turning away probably two to seven families a week. And probably actually half of those are bouncing off the border trying to get into Canada and they're refugee families. And oh. they're given a, a court date in 2025 uh, and they try and find shelter with us. But we just don't have the space for it, unfortunately. Wow. So it's it's uh, the need is significant. It's up 27% over last year, according to that point in time count you just talked about. Mm-hmm. And so my I don't like to you know, bring bad news, but I think this winter is going to be a rough one. 
uh, for people experiencing homelessness. Yeah, that's that, that's certainly pretty pretty prevalent. Now, when you, you did say though there there is hope in looking for uh, in volunteers and other organizations that might step up to the plate and maybe help fill that gap. What yeah. as, as as an organizer, what are you looking for uh, within an organization to really cement that? Okay, no, we're establishing you as this winter's emergency shelter. What are you looking for when trying to decide that? We look for people that have real capacity and. You don't have to have a ton of know-how, actually, because we train you up. We have you shadow at our base camp facility um, for for weeks to really get a feel for for how to handle situations well. And uh, but if you have the capacity, so for example, our last partner, they had 200 volunteers uh, that were could do these three-hour shifts uh, throughout the night. It's just nighttime too. It's not 24 hours. It's just in the evenings uh, and nighttime. And uh, those 200 volunteers, they I mean, this was a, uh, was considered a megachurch uh, in the community, and they had a lot of people that wanted to help. And when you have that, you, you can get it done when you have that many people that want to help. Um, but if it's just a, a smaller sort of operation, that can be a challenge. And I know they were open to having volunteers from all walks of life that didn't have to be part of their church. Most of them were folks from their church, but but a lot of people did step up from the community to to support that effort to make up that 200 people that could help. Uh, so that capacity, the heart for it, um, we try and we we send the folks to that overflow shelter that are more volunteer friendly. They have you know less complex needs, and so the volunteers can really engage well, and and uh, it'd be a nice, safe, easy experience for not have to you know hold to the rules as tightly. Uh, they can they can you know be there and, and hang out and enjoy being with people that are you know from the fringe that need connection. Right. And so it's it's a, it's a great experience for any organization that does it. It helps out, uh, partners with us in that way. Um, and But, yeah, you want people that just have the time, <laughs> the margin to be able to do it, and then are willing to do the training with us uh, and have the time for that, too. So you get a lot of retiree types, actually, that are helping out because they've got the capacity of not you know taking care of young kids at home or having to go to work the next day. Got it. So, and, and if you don't know the answer to this next question, that's totally okay. But what do you think is contributing to the the decline in the number of people who are willing to volunteer for something like this? Um, well, you know, the pandemic really, uh, it killed our volunteer base uh, significantly in terms of just we couldn't have the mix of people coming in and out of our programs being congregate sheltered like we are. We had to really keep people uh, segregated as best we could. Uh, from the pandemic, and so a lot of people dropped off, and not a lot of people came back after that time. So it's been a, a real journey for us to try and rekindle uh, the volunteers' hearts to want to be a part of what's going on. Uh, but but I will say, I mean, the hope is it is actually happening. We have a ton of volunteers that are coming back. Uh, we brought a new person into the role to help manage our volunteers, and she's doing a bang-up job, and really people are feeling equipped to to do the work well. Yeah, they're feeling a lot of connection and camaraderie with staff and with each other. And uh, so it is happening. But but the pandemic really kind of hurt that. And people got involved in other stuff, too. That was part of it as well. Instead of volunteering, they got maybe more involved with their families or different things like that. So they just didn't, um, they, their margin for getting out and helping the community lessened as well. 
Fabulous. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Now, I think I feel like a lot of people who are looking for volunteer opportunities and who look at your organization might have some misconceptions about what those uh, volunteer opportunities are going to look like, or maybe they fear for their safety if they join this uh, this operation, whether it's during the winter seasons or year long, because the need for volunteers with Lighthouse Mission isn't just a seasonal thing. That This is a year long need. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is year round. And Volunteers, I mean, it's been a challenge for organizations across the board uh, for hiring, for example, to get good staff. And uh, it's our volunteers that augment what we do with our staff who are more specialized and more trained. And so uh, the volunteer program within the mission is incredibly important uh, for us to be able to continue reaching the need. I mean, we engage about half the homeless population of Lockheed County every day. Now, volunteers certainly, you know, are getting out of your comfort zone sometimes. Uh, depending on what you're volunteering doing. So you can volunteer, you know, putting on birthday parties for the kids at our agape home. That's pretty pretty easy and pretty fun, actually, these little kids. Uh, you can volunteer, and we're privately funded, and so you can volunteer stuffing envelopes. Um, but you can also get more involved. And I like this for folks, too, to get out of the comfort zone. We have a little cafe in our base camp, and you can learn to be a barista. We'll train you, and you can just provide coffee for people. And people really, the way to connect and chat and really understand the issues driving homelessness on a deeper level. You can serve meals. Uh, we, you can do one-off meals, too. We do a big Thanksgiving meal, a big Christmas meal, uh, where you can help serve those meals or help in the kitchen, uh, cooking food. Or There's a lot of ways. You can. I mean, even this winter, because we're likely going to be turning people away, quite a few, we're doing what's called our Winter Care Project, where we're putting together sleeping bags, tents, coats, gloves, hand warmers, blankets, uh, non-perishable food that we can hand to people that get turned away due to our our capacity constraints. So you can put that kind of stuff together, and that's a way of volunteering without even stepping in our door. Um, But if you want to actually get to know folks and have your heart changed on an even deeper level, rub shoulders with our folks. And we have people from our recovery programs that are uh, coming through and and they're giving back, and they're helping out in the kitchen, and they're helping do some of our outreach to the encampments and things like this. And you get to know those folks and see what it took for them to see their life changed and the generational impact that life change can have when they're getting their kids back from CPS and kicking their addiction and going back to work and all these kinds of things. And and that's that's a powerful thing for a volunteer to observe with their very own eyes. And it's a one of those things that helps you reprioritize your own life sometimes and knowing what matters most. That's absolutely correct. And I feel like the foundation of any sort of community like the one we have uh, in the greater Whatcom County area starts by lifting up those who uh, might not be able to do it themselves. You know, lifting others up and being there really it it takes a village to make everybody uh, to get everybody on their feet. And by starting with Lighthouse Mission, I feel like that's the most powerful way that you can do that to build uh, build community for those who feel like they might not have a community of their own to call. Right. Oh, man, people on the street feel so invisible. They they hate themselves for the devastated life they have. They're desperate for some level of connection. And even when they're, you know, have a mental health decompensation and they're screaming at the sky and it's kind of scary, like, they're desiring something. Like, they have a heart need of some sort. And they just want to be seen and heard. And so to give someone your attention is one of the greatest forms of generosity. Safely, of course. And if you got a five-star alarm going off in your gut, don't go, go, don't go down that back alley to try and pass out a sandwich. Like, listen to that stuff. But at the same time, 
Um, it's, it's, it's a powerful thing to engage people that have nothing. And you start to see yourself and realize what a gift this life is. Uh, you see yourself in that person. And um, I don't know. I find it to be something that makes people more whole when they're able to get out of themselves, be less selfish, and and really engage with the folks that have such needs, like you said. Right on. And if folks do want to, or folks are listening to this, folks are like, well, shoot, clearly there's a need for volunteers. What is the best way to contact you and get involved? The best way is to hop on our website, which is thelighthousemission.org. Up on that website, there's a link for volunteers. You sign up. Uh, we provide you all the training that you need. And there's different levels of volunteering you can get into and additional training. We we really believe that training is important for people to feel equipped to know what they're doing and understand the philosophy of care, too, that's really effective in helping people. Because sometimes things aren't very effective and it can become like toxic charity or something. But, but uh, we really want to empower people to be successful, volunteers to be successful in, in their support of, of those in need. So, yeah, go to the website, click the links. Uh, someone will call you and it'll get set up. Fantastic. And I guess to put this all into a perspective here, without all that shelter space, again, let, let's recap the numbers real quick. 200 bed spaces within the base camp facility. That can fit uh, roughly 200 people. And over uh, over over 1,000 people back in January, point in time, homeless count in Whatcom County. In the event that something is not able to be coordinated for an emergency backup shelter. What does that look like for those, say, 800-plus people who can't find shelter this winter? Yeah, so there's probably an additional 100 of those folks that are in our recovery programs that identify as homeless as well. So we're taking care of about 300 of that thousand uh, already. Uh, they're still considered homeless. But the rest, where do they go? What do they do? Uh, the only options probably... There'll be a typically there's a, a pop up winter shelter that that the county or the city pulls together last minute, so that'll help support some stuff. Uh, there'll be some shelter space likely by another agency. Uh, I know in the past they've used Pacific Field locker rooms, um, and we coordinate closely with them on who who should be there, uh, and that's an additional forty beds or so. Um, but yeah, this need uh, is. It's going to, like I said, it's going to be rough this year. I feel like in past years, the capacity has been there for the community. But with that 27% increase, that capacity is not here uh, this winter. Wow. And so it's going to be rough. And that's why we're doing our winter project of passing out sleeping bags and tents and whatnot for those that can't get in. Because uh, my hope is that people aren't dying from exposure. Certainly. Yeah, we don't we want that's not a statistic we want to report on down the line. We'd like to find these folks shelter in in some capacity at any way possible. And again, if you want to get involved, the Lighthouse Mission Ministries dot org is the website you need to go to. Or if you can find it in your heart to provide any other solutions, I'm sure, Hans, you'd love to hear from those folks. We would love to hear from. And I should say, too, we are building a new facility in Old Town. You're probably aware. And that building will come online likely in October of next year. So it's just going to be this winter that's rough. Next winter, we're going to have the capacity to accommodate pretty much anybody that wants to get the help. There we go. So we're we're very excited about that. Just this winter is going to be the rough one, and, and we're still about two million shy of of having it paid off. We've raised twenty three of the twenty five million needed so far, but construction's underway. And so, if any listeners too want to help in that way, close that gap. Have uh, 
That way we don't have to have a mortgage. All that money will, that comes in will go towards serving the guests directly. Um, that would be a huge help. Fantastic. Hans Ershinger Davis is the president and CEO of Lighthouse Mission Ministries. There there really is a, a light at the end of this metaphorical tunnel, but it's not possible without additional community support, uplifting a community that feels invisible in Whatcom County. Hans, thank you so much for your time. And again, if you find it in your hearts, lighthousemission.org is the place you need to go.